0: We welcome you to the Lord's house. And if you're watching online, we're so glad that you're here today. Today, I want to talk to you about a shift. How many is ready for a shift to take place in your life? How many knows that we're not in a parade? We're in a battle. I don't know if you've been living life lately. If you've gone outside the doors of your house, if you've had to get up and go to work, if you had to go to school, you found out life is not all a party. In this world, Jesus said, you will have tribulation. Anybody ever had a tribulation? You had a trial? You had some trouble to come into your life? But you know what? Right in the middle of it, how many have seen God shift it from bad to good? All of a sudden, when you felt like nothing was working out, all of a sudden things worked out for good. When you didn't know you didn't have the money to pay your bills, and all of a sudden miracle money showed up. I mean, when you were down and out, and all of a sudden the glory of the Lord picked you up, and you had new hope. I'm telling you today, there's going to be a shift in your life. We're declaring for a shift in the atmosphere, a shift in our nation. A shift in our homes and our families. And oh, I'm asking God today for a shift in the Lord's house. Come on, let's shift from poverty to blessing. Let's shift from sickness to health. Let's shift from trouble, amen, to abundance and blessing. But you know what? It takes work. It takes work. Has anybody ever drove a a standard vehicle? A stick shift? Well, you know, when you you change gears, when you're driving a standard, you engage that clutch... And the transmission is running free. And then you put it in gear. And then you begin to go. But each gear has a maximum. All of a sudden you reach a point to where there's no more power. The RPMs are up there at a high level. And they're getting in the red. And it's a danger of blowing the engine. And at that point, there has to be a shift. And all of a sudden, you engage the clutch and you shift into another gear. And when you let back out, all of a sudden, that gear, the, the RPMs drop down and you've got a new level of power. You, you're going the same speed, but now then, you can shift and you can begin to accelerate. I'm telling you, there's a lot of us today that are about to redline. There's a lot of you today in your relationships and in your marriage and in your finances and in your health. You're at a dangerous level and you're, you're all revved up and you're about, you've lost power. But God today wants to shift you into a new gear. He wants to lower the stress level in your life. He wants to help you to be able to accelerate to a new level of power. And that's what we're believing today. Can I get an amen? You know, when uh, when we're in that situation and life has us uh, where we're stressed and a lot of times we, we kind of revert back to our childhood. We whine and we cry. And for babies, what do we do? We stick a pacifier in their mouth. Or we put a bottle in their mouth And we try to pacify them But you know sometimes uh, If that doesn't solve the problem And they spit it out and they cry I mean too many times as pastors I mean we just try to stick a pacifier in your mouth We try to pacify you But I'm telling you today I'm not here to pacify you I'm here to tell you to grow up I'm here to tell you to get off the bottle And start eating some meat of the word I mean to buckle down To get in the fight Come on you can fight And you can win let's stop whining let's stop crying let's stop changing diapers and let's put on our big boy pants come on let's put on our working boots let's get a sword in our hand and let's say lord i'm ready to fight the good fight of faith i'm ready for a shift we're in a war a battle And we've got to fight the fight of faith. We've got to put on the whole armor of God. We've got to pick up our weapons. uh, And we've got to say, Lord, uh, I'm really, I'm ready to fight the good fight. Because can I tell you today, no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. If you'll stand up to the enemy, he's like a big bully. If you'll stand up to him, he'll run. He's just trying to intimidate. Oh, but the Bible declares, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary. The devil is seeking like a roaring lion. He's out there seeking you. He's trying to find your weakness. He's trying to find somebody that's whining and crying and complaining. And he'll come in and he'll give you a lot to whine about. He'll give you a lot to cry about. But I'm telling you, it's time. Can I tell you like my mama used to tell me? If you're going to cry, I'm going to give you something to cry about. Come on, Lord. Amen. Put a little switch to us and get us motivated and get us straightened up and help my attitude and help me get up and stop complaining about my problem and start doing something about it. Help me to fight the good fight of faith. Father, shift something inside of me man, It doesn't. Listen, life is life. You're going to get bruised. You're going to get in a fight. You get bloody. In a parade, you get just a wave at everybody. You get applause. You get everybody telling you how good you look and how beautiful you are. But I'm telling you, in life, you get battered, you get bruised, you get knocked down, you get hurt. But I'm telling you, get back up. The righteous fall seven times and he gets up again. It's not about how many times you fall as long as you get up one more time. Don't stay down. Get up. Don't quit. Somebody say, don't quit. Come on, you can begin. God wants to transfer your problem into a promise. Has God ever given anybody a promise? He declared, I wouldn't put on you more than you can have. He declared, the greater is he that's in me than he's is in the world. He declared that I'm more than a conqueror. He promised me that I'm the head and not the tail. Come on, turn your problem into a promise. Life is a combination of mountaintops. And valleys. You're not always up. You're not always on top of the world. You're not always the king of the situation. There's times that you are in the valley. But have you ever been to the top of a mountain? Oh, the view's beautiful, but there's no grass. It's dry. It's rocky. But I'm telling you, down in the valley, Oh, it's where he restores my soul. Down in the valley, it's where the lush plains are. It's where the water flows. It's where the flowers bloom. In the valley, sometime of your life, it's when you'll learn some valuable lessons. Amen. Thank God for the mountains, but thank God for the valley. I got to learn my lesson. Sometimes it's sunshine, and sometimes it's rain. Thank God for the sun, but too much sun. Dries up everything and parches the grass and things begin to turn brown. But then the rain comes and greens it up again. Life is full of combinations. It's blessings and battles. There's a fight in your life. But they don't last forever. This too shall pass Whatever you're going through today, it's going to pass. You're going to make it. You're going to prosper. You're going to get strong again. You're going to get healthy again. Blessings are coming. But there are battles. There's pleasure. And there's pain. Life can't be all about pleasure. You can't just have fun all the time and laugh all the time. Listen, there's trouble sometimes. Thank God. How, how many of you look around and we see our children and we just send all of our children running off and they make us smile. But can ever mama in here remember just a little bit that those children weren't birthed in pleasure? You weren't laughing through it. Come on, there was some pain. There was some travail. There was some labor. But out of that came a blessing. Amen? Out of that came the laughter and the joy. Life is a combination of joy and sorrow. Oh, but I love the song Jill sings. Amen. It may be dark tonight. that may be sorrow right now. But joy comes in the morning. Oh, listen, come on, sometimes you're going through times of sorrow and trials and tribulations, but joy is coming. There's triumph. We all love to win, but how many know sometimes you lose? We love triumph, but sometimes there's tears. We love victory, but sometimes there's defeat. But you know what? If we just won all the time, we'd never know why the other team fell. Sometimes people get, they get to winning and they get the big head and the Lord just shows them what it feels like on the other side. Sometimes we need to understand and be a little more compassionate because when we're up, we look at people are down and go, what's wrong with them? Why don't they just suck it up? But you know what? When we're the ones down, it's a little bit harder to suck it up. We've got to understand life is a balance. There's victories and there's losses. But thank God, even in the losses, Jesus is there. He promised. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He's right there with us, even when it's not when we want it. Did you know sometimes he's not early? Most of the time he's not early. But he's never late. He's right on time. Jarius came to Jesus. And Jarius's daughter was sick. And Jairus came and said, Lord, I need you. My daughter is sick. And come on, come help us. And so Jesus is okay. I mean, he's very willing. And on his way, there's a woman with an issue of blood. And she has the audacity to reach out and touch Jesus and get a miracle. But that caused Jesus to stop. Can you imagine how Jairus is feeling? Listen. Listen. I've got a problem. You know, you know, when you've got a problem, everybody else's problem doesn't seem important. He didn't understand that woman had that issue of blood many years. She had spent everything she had. She had been to all the doctors. They sent her home to die. She needed a miracle. But he did too. All the thing I love about Jesus is just because he does a miracle for one, it doesn't take mine away. He still has one for me and one for you. And so here Jesus is stopping saying, who touched me? And Jairus, no doubt, was anxious, anticipating. And I mean, what's going on? Come on, Jesus, hurry. My daughter's sick. And, and, And while Jesus is stopped talking to this lady, the messenger comes, the servant comes and says, your daughter is dead. His heart melted. His heart was broken. No doubt in his mind. You know why? Because he's human. He's a man. He's a father just like me. And he probably thought, Jesus, if, if it hadn't have been for that woman... If it hadn't have been for them, if it hadn't have been for that, if it hadn't have been for this. And we always blame everything. If Jesus had not paid attention to me, this wouldn't have happened. Oh, but Jesus looked at Jairus and he knew the need. And he said, come on, it's no problem. He said, just because I mean, the daughter's dead, come on, I still got a miracle. And Jesus looked at Jairus and said, don't be afraid, only believe. The end of that story, he raised her up. He healed her, raised her from the dead. He gave him the miracle. Listen, when, sometimes when you see other people getting their miracles and it seems like yours is being delayed, don't be disappointed. Don't be sad. Don't be mad at them. Come on, Jesus said it. Don't be afraid, only believe. Somebody say, keep believing. Well, in the 80s, somebody's saying, don't stop believing. Come on, God can turn your setbacks into a comeback. Huh? What looked like a bad thing. What seemed like a setback. What seemed like the end. What seemed like hopelessness. Amen. Jesus just turned that. Amen. Around and said you may have had a setback. But I'm about to give you a comeback. You might have been knocked down. But I'm about to raise you up. You might have fallen. You may be broke. You may be sick. Amen. That situation may be dead. But I'm about to bring it back to life again. Come on, allow the Holy Spirit to turn your setbacks into a comeback. It's just minor. Come on, it's just a little thing, but it's nothing. It may be big to me, but it's nothing to God. For with God, all things are possible. Luke 1.37 says, with God shall nothing be impossible. Listen, God can turn. said, This is going to be the death of me. You ever told your kids that? You're going to be the death of me. This situation is going to be the death of me. But can I tell you today, God can turn your tombstones into stepping stones. God can take what the devil meant for bad and work it for your good. God can take the thing that the devil meant to kill you and it just promotes you. God can take that thing that somebody spoke against you as a curse and turn it into a blessing. Come on. He can take my tombstones and turn them into my stepping stones. It's not going to kill you. You're not going to die. Amen. You're good. Job's wife told him, just curse God and die. Amen. The devil, amen, wanted to kill him. But Jesus said, I'm just trying to bless you. I'm just trying to get you twice what you had to start with. But you're never going to have a victory without a fight. If you're waiting on a promotion without a test, it's not happening. If you're waiting on a victory, if you're waiting on a Lord, amen. I without a battle, it's not coming. Listen, you've got to fight the good fight of faith. You've got to endure. You've got to hang on, stop griping and complaining and sitting down on the bench and getting out of the game. Get back in the game. Keep fighting. You're going to win. Amen? Just about the time you think it's going to kill you. It'll just take you to the next level. Hallelujah. I've told you the story so many times about the old man. He had a donkey and uh, his donkey fell in the well. He tried everything he could do and he couldn't get the donkey out. And finally he decided I'm just going to have to bury him. And so he began to call all of his neighbors and they all brought their shovels and they all began to get dirt and they begin to toss it in the well and little by little they were just going to fill the well up and bury the donkey because it was hopeless he couldn't get out but all of a sudden somebody noticed uh, what is that and they know it was the donkey's ears sticking up and all of a sudden his head came up and they begin to realize every time they were throwing a shovel of dirt it would land on the donkey's back but the donkey would just shake it off and step on it he, would turn, he turned his tombstone into a stepping stone and it wasn't long. He just stepped on out of the well. Come on. What, what the devil means to bury you, God is going to use it to elevate you. Bring you up. Come on. Somebody say, shake it off. Hebrews 5 eight says, he learned obedience by the things he suffered. Sometimes we don't learn until we go through a little bit. How many ever learned a valuable lesson by your mistakes? You see, people who don't learn from their mistakes will repeat them. How many has ever been a repeat offender? <laughs> You've done the same thing over and over expecting for a new result. That's called Insanity. Come on, we got to do something different. We got to change the way we do things because it's not going to change us. But what the devil meant to murder you, God will use to mature you. It's time to grow up. It's time to get mature in our faith. It's stop. We stop crying and whining over every little thing. And we go, you know what? I'm mature enough to know. I'm strong enough to know. I'm wise enough to know that God's got a big plan. That his ways are higher than my ways. That even what I'm going through. It didn't come to kill me. It just come to make me better. Amen. It came to make me stronger. It didn't come to kill me. It came to mature me. He said be ye perfect or mature. As your father in heaven is perfect. You see you don't mature. By a pacifier. You got to have some nutrition. And you got to have the bottle. But after a while. You get some teeth. And then you want to chew. And then you want to get some real food. And pretty soon you want a steak. Amen. You want something solid. Come on, it's time. Everybody says it's wonderful. The the sincere milk of the word is wonderful. But you know what? It's time we grow up. It's time that we mature in our faith. It's time we stop letting all these little things out there in the world that's scaring everybody. Everybody's freaking out. Listen, we know. Amen. The Bible says 10,000 will fall at our side. or A thousand will fall at our side and 10,000 at our right hand. It'll not come nigh me. Come on, I'm protected, I'm blessed. And you know what? And so something comes. He's my protector. He's my healer. I mean, I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to let anxiety. I'm not going to let all the things in the world people are freaking out about. Come on, I'm going to be mature enough to know all is well. Amen? Come on, we've got to begin to fight a battle that's already been won. Did you know the battle's already been won? But we have a fight. We've got to fight. We have our own personal battle. The big the bit of big battle's won. But there's some little battles along the way. Jesus fought the war. The war's over. He said it's finished. But now we have some little battles that we've got to fight. Amen. So that we can gain personal victory. He said, but 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 the Lord's not saying anything to me lately. I feel like I'm right in the midst of the greatest battle of my life. Has anybody ever been in the biggest fight of your life and you felt like the Lord wasn't listening? You prayed, but you didn't get an answer. You talked to Him, but you didn't hear anything. Let's just think for a moment back to our school days. Can you remember on test day... You sat down to take your exam. Did the teacher talk? No. You see the teacher silent during the test. If you try to ask a question, they just because see you're there to test your knowledge. You're there. That's not the time. They've already done the teaching. Jesus has already done the teaching. He's given us his word. He's given us his promises. He's But in the test, they don't talk. But thank God, when the test is over, he'll talk again. He'll tell you where you went wrong. And if you failed, he'll let you know. And the good thing about it, you can have another opportunity. If you don't learn your lesson the first time, God is so good to let you go through it again. That doesn't sound very encouraging, does it? But the problem is, sometimes we quit our battles before they're over, we stop the test before it's finished. And we don't learn what we need to learn. And sometimes the Lord will put us in similar situations. But listen, if you'll learn what God wants you to learn in your battle and your test, He'll elevate you to a new level. But remember, a new level requires a new test. But you've got to keep pressing forward. Come on. He said, but thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what battle I go through, I've got victory. I'm not a victim. Somebody say, I'm not a victim. Listen, God has provided us the victory. I am the victor, not the victim. Amen. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. My crisis didn't cripple me; instead, it catapulted me. Come on. Some of you were stuck, and you God God had something new for you. God had a new position, a new job, a a new something. But you were stuck, and so yeah, you got fired. Yes, you lost your job. Yes, you were laid off. It wasn't because God hates you. It's because He had something better for you. Come on, be patient. Wait. Get your eyes. Say, Lord, I know everything works out for good I'm trusting you you see a baby just lays down and throws a tantrum but a mature person says I know God's got this and you know what Some, we're, we're in there somewhere in between all the time aren't we sometimes I act pretty childish other times I act pretty mature We're kinda, we're kind of up and down But thank God we'll continue to grow in our faith and grow in grace. And each time we we, we handle it a little bit better because God wants to turn our tragedy. Anybody ever had a tragedy? We look at life, we look at this world, there's tragedies going on everywhere we look. But can I tell you this morning, God wants to turn your tragedy into a triumph. Can, Can I tell you we're about to shift? We're about to shift gears. Amen. God's turning tragedy into triumph. He's called trouble. Amen. Into blessing. He's about to shift us. Amen. To a new level. He is about to rip off the roof. We just had a, a, a pastor. A Thursday morning. Preach on Mark 2. Amen. How the friends brought. Amen. The man to Jesus. He was paralyzed. And they got on the roof. And they tore it off. And they let him down. He, he, he made the comment. There's a lot of people in my church. They would be more mad. At the mess. Than they were at the before the miracle so many people got their eyes on the mess look what they did to my roof look what they did to my floor look at this look at that come on get past your mess and get to your miracle your mess is just an opportunity Brother R.W. Shambach said, when your back's against the wall, amen, when you have nowhere else to go, amen, that's when you are next in line for a miracle. Sometimes you don't need one. But there's other times when you're in such a mess. We get our eyes off of the master. And we get our eyes on the mess. That's what happened to Peter. He got his eyes on the water instead of on Jesus. And he began to sink when you get your eyes on your mess. And we've all made a mess called financial messes, relational messes, business message, emotional messes, addictive messes. Amen. I don't know what mess you've made, but I've made plenty of mess. But you know what? If I'll get up out of my mess, if I'll look up from my mess, if like the prodigal son, amen, from the pig pen, you look up and say, it's better in my father's house than it is here. And you get up out of your mess and you come to the miracle maker. God will turn it around for you. First, or Matthew chapter 14. We see where Peter, walking on this water in the storm. You know, we have no other record of anybody walking on water, but Jesus and Peter. And Peter, anytime we talk about this story, what does everybody say? He sank. Why do we focus on the moment of failure instead of the minutes of walking out there and the minutes of walking back? We want to focus on the moment of sinking. That's because that's how the devil works. He wants to get your eyes off all the blessings you have and just get your eyes on the one thing you don't have. Focus on your failure instead of your blessing. But I'm telling you, when he, 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 yeah, he failed. He sank. He got his eyes off the miracle way maker. He got his eyes off Jesus. And he began to sink in his own trouble. But the moment he got smart and he said, Lord, help me. Come on, somebody get smart today. Somebody look up from your mess and lift your hand to Jesus and say, help me. And I promise He's right there with an outstretched hand. He's never too far away. You can never go to the depths of hell, to the mountaintop, to the mountain, the valley. Where can I go to escape the love of God? Nowhere. He's right there to reach out and touch you. Can I get an amen? Amen. Oh, don't let the storm cause you to sink or stink. Sometimes our attitude stinks when we get in trouble, doesn't it? But don't let either storm sink you. God wants you to soar. He's about to make a shift. Are you ready to shift from sinking to soaring? Are you ready to turn your disappointment into a divine appointment? I told you last week, my friend Jack, that went to meet the Lord, we went and preached his funeral. And there it is, his Funeral. Room full of bikers. He was the sergeant of arms for the booze fighters for a while, and after he got married, he left that. He was in Baca, bikers against child abuse, and he had done a lot of things in his life. He had been a sheriff out in West Texas. He was uh, he was a he was like six eight in his young days. He was a wrestler with Andre the Giant. He was a bodyguard for Elvis, and I mean he had done so many things, but the greatest thing he had done was a few months before. I led him to Jesus. He prayed and asked Jesus to come into his heart and forgive him and save him. And God transformed him. And laying there in his bed, he looked up and he pointed at the ceiling and he says, I have an appointment. Can I tell you, God wants to change your disappointments into a divine appointment. Oh, I'm I'm not ready for that appointment yet, but I'm ready for some divine appointments here. As I told that story... There and I I preached the gospel and we prayed and asked people if they needed to get right with God and it was over. Everybody was filing out and one of the big bikers was heading right toward me on his vest, that animal. I stuck my hand out like that and he reached down and he bear hugged me and he picked me up and my feet were dangling like a... And he just held me there. And finally, he put me down and he stepped back and he was just sobbing and he said, Thank you. I'm telling you, that day was a divine appointment. I don't know how many people were touched. The president of the Booze Fighters came to me after and said, Hey, if you're ever in the area and you want to ride, here's my cell number, call me. I might go ride with the Booze Fighters. I don't know. We have a divine appointment. Listen, God has put you on a journey. He put you in people's paths and He didn't put you there to whine and cry. He gave you a divine appointment to lift up the name of Jesus uh, and to show people that even though you're going through trouble, He'll turn my trouble into a triumph. He'll turn my fight into a victory. He'll turn my frown into a smile. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants to do something supernatural in your life, but get out of your mess. Come on, you have two men, Peter and Judas. They both denied Christ. Judas secretly, Peter publicly. Judas was sorrowful, but he went out and hung himself and died in shame. Peter went out and wept bitterly and repented. And God raised him up. He became Amen hey, a great prophet. He was the one that preached on the day of Pentecost and thousands got saved it was him that walked in people's his shadow healed people listen you think today just because you failed just because you made a mess of your life just because you've denied christ you don't know what i've done what i've said how i've acted it doesn't matter he loves you and he'll forgive you and he'll raise you up out of your mess and give you a message A message of hope and a message of triumph and a message of love and a message that the world needs to hear. Thank God the Bible's not full of perfect people. I would be hopeless, but I can look in it and I can see people just like me who failed and sinned and made mistakes and even faltered. But God used their mess to make a miracle. He turned them around and He gave them hope and another chance. And that gives me hope that I have another chance today. Amen. Thank God. Amen for Moses. And it looked like that his, 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 his life was over. He was there in the palace. But then because of murder, he's running from God. Running from the call. Running from the Pharaoh. But then God turned his disappointment and his murder into a divine appointment the backside of a desert there, there's a bush burning, but it's not burning up. And a voice spoke, take your shoes off. You're standing on holy ground. And God gave him a new call. Oh, it took a long time. He had to grow. He had to mature. And even then, he still said, I can't do it. I need help. But God said, I'll go with you. I'll speak for you. We have so many excuses, don't we? He had so many excuses, yet he went and spoke to the most the powerful man in the land and said, let my people go. And after that, God did the rest. All God's looking for is for somebody that'll be obedient to go and say, let my people go. We're afraid about, I can't do the miracle. The miracle's not up to you. The miracle's up to him. You just declare the miracle. When they got to the Red Sea, and Moses couldn't open the Red Sea, all he could do was stretch out a stick. How many can stretch out a stick? That's all our part is. It's God's part to do the miracle. It's our part to just be obedient. To do what God says. What's God calling you to do today? Where do you need a shift? Is it your thinking? Are you negative? Are you sad? Or is, is everything just... Do you need a shift? Amen. I to where all of a sudden your thoughts are pure and lovely and powerful and just and, and full of faith. Maybe you need a shift in your body. There's sickness. There's weakness. And you need God to shift and cause healing and divine health and strength. Maybe in your home, you need to be, be a shift. You need peace. You need reconciliation. You need a miracle with your children. I mean, it looks hopeless, but I'm telling you today, God is about to shift gears. Amen. We're about to go to a new level. Amen. This battle is about to be over. Victory is coming. Come on. My mess is about to turn into a miracle. Amen. My poverty is about to turn into blessing. Amen. God's ready to shift. Is anybody ready for the shift? Shout, I'm ready. Come on, let's stand to our feet all over this building. Thank you, Lord. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I need a shift. Oh, I've been in a battle. I've made a mess. I've caused trouble. I've had trouble. But I'm ready for a miracle. I'm telling you, God is ready to shift gears today for you. Hey, man, you feel like you're redlining. Man, you're in trouble. You're about to blow your engine. You're you're stressed to the max. God's ready to engage the clutch. Give you a break. He's ready to shift gears. Lower the engine. Give you some peace. Give you some new power. Give you some new hope. Maybe you're watching at home today. You feel hopeless. Jesus is. Is your answer. He loves you. He wants to take your mess. And turn it into a miracle. Just pray with us as we pray here. In the church today. If you're here today and you say. Pastor I need a miracle. He's about to shift your gears. Of your eternity. Maybe you're here today. And if you were to die. You wouldn't go to heaven. You're not ready for that appointment. But all you got to do. Is just ask. Confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive. Would you pray with me? And let's say, Lord, shift my eternity. That's the greatest shift you could ever make from hell to heaven, from a child of darkness to a child of the light. Come on, pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm ready for a shift in my eternity. I don't want to go to hell, I want to go to heaven. And you made a way. You died on the cross for me. You paid for my sins. My sicknesses. Today. I receive Jesus. As my Lord and Savior. I receive. The gift of salvation. I confess my sins. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Thank you. For shifting my eternity. From hell and destruction. To heaven. Thank you. If you prayed that prayer here. Or online. Jesus has shifted your life. You're no longer a sinner. You're a child of God. Come on get in a church. Get baptized. Read your Bible. Come on, live a different life. Those of you here, come on. Let's step up. Let's mature. Let's get in the Word. Let's fight the good fight of faith. And let's allow the Holy Spirit to shift us. We're going to pray. pray. We're going to ask ask the Holy Spirit to engage engage the clutch, And And we're going to all shift at the same same time. time. And And we're going to see a miracle.